Hi, it's Lisa. Welcome back to The Healing Path, a podcast created to connect our broken hearts as we journey into honest conversations about grief and loss in our daily lives. Following the deaths of two of my children, I struggled for many years to fill the holes in my heart. I felt like I tried everything, prayer, meditation, therapy, coaching, reading, journaling, (laughs) waiting, begging, you name it. Plus, I tried a few less productive approaches. And after two decades of continuing to grieve, it occurred to me that maybe I'd set the wrong goal. Instead of trying to feel better by filling those painful voids, I've learned that building a life around them is a much more attainable target. Speaking openly about my grief and helping others do the same serve as regular reminders that we are not alone. When we allow all the parts of us to have an expression of life, including the painful ones, we may just feel more human and less like robots on autopilot. So I created the Healing Path podcast with the hope that sharing our stories in a mutually compassionate environment will help us to stop working so hard to hide our scars from ourselves and others and start wearing them proudly as the medals of love that they are. So thank you for joining this episode of The Healing Path. Today, I'm talking about acceptance. In August of 2022, our family began arranging and attending a series of funerals. Some of our losses were due to complications from COVID, while others were the results of unknown causes. During the first week of August, we attended two services. The first was in Albany, New York, and the second was in Syracuse just three days later. Both decedents were young men in their 50s. There was something else funky going on that summer. I myself had COVID, and long COVID at that. My flu-like symptoms of aches and pains, fever, temperature regulations, and severe cough (laughs) An overall feeling like garbage persisted nearly a year after I contracted the virus. One of the major symptoms that I still find hanging around intermittently was at the time extreme. It was brain fog. Mostly, this brain fog would show up as me forgetting what I was talking about or forgetting what someone else was talking about or a combination of both. While this rarely happens anymore, mercifully, During August of 2022, I was at the height of experiencing all these long COVID symptoms, including forgetfulness. Packing and traveling for memorial services in the face of grief is not an easy task, and these conditions were far from the best. But pack it up we did. Once we got ourselves together, we left our home for roughly a week, and unlike some trips we take, We knew exactly where we were going, what we were going to wear, and when, including accessories. And by accessories, I mean jewelry. I'm not a big jewelry buff, but I enjoy wearing my pearls whenever I have the chance. And on this trip, I would certainly have the chance. In addition to my pearls, I was traveling with a bracelet gifted to me by my mother on my 50th birthday and a few other sentimental items that don't get worn much, but mean a lot to me. As foggy as my brain may have been, I managed to get the accessory parentheses jewelry thing 
together. Until we returned to Maryland. A few days after coming home, I was looking for my pearl bracelet at Zach's house and I couldn't find it. At the time, I was still living at my condo and figured it must be there, or maybe I hadn't quite unpacked it yet. A few days after that, I had the same experience while attempting to wear that 50th birthday bracelet that I'd gotten from my mom. I couldn't put my hands on that either. I didn't panic, but they hadn't just eventually shown up as I told myself they would. So I searched. I looked in every possible place I could think of. The car, my toiletry bag, a travel bag that carries electronics, chargers, and emergency battery packs. I checked every pocket of every suitcase, purse, backpack, cooler, and any other carrying device I found. I called the hotels. They checked the safes in the closets. No luck. I was sick to my stomach. My humble but sentimental jewelry was gone. Weeks and months passed. I continued to look around for it every once in a while. As I thought back through our steps on that day we returned home, I vaguely remembered trying to get into the car to to drive back to Maryland, feeling terribly sick. And if you've ever tried to pack or travel while your body is under the weather, you know the harm and the challenge I'm talking about. It's the kind of feeling that leaves you with only one choice. Get everything of ours in this hotel room into the car somehow. (laughs) The vehicle becomes one big cargo van. But we know it'll all get sorted out when we're home. And I vaguely remembered holding my jewelry thinking, I have to put this in a safe place. (laughs) But the place was so safe, even I couldn't find it. Continued searches were an exercise in futility. All the clothes had been washed, all the luggage emptied and put away. There were no more places to look. Eventually, I shared my experience with some of the people who had given me the various pieces of jewelry that I'd lost. I was disappointed in myself that I'd not been a better steward of these items. Since they were gone, I decided to let people like my mother know what happened. It was hard, but I did it. At least they'd know why I wasn't wearing that stuff anymore. I started thinking about the specific pieces of jewelry. Pearl earrings that my family had given me when I graduated from nursing school in 1999. A pearl necklace my godmother built over my childhood by adding a pearl for each birthday. A pearl ring from China from my mother and a set of aquamarine necklace and earrings gifted to me by my cousin. It was one of those things that truly challenged my equanimity. But as I often do, I try to coach myself through it by reaching for gratitude and other levers to pull. This looked something like, quote, Well, some people never get to have beautiful things, not even one. And I was able to wear and enjoy those pieces as well, the, as well as the love given with them, even if only for a short time. Or, well, <laughs> somebody needs that jewelry more than I do for whatever reason. Or, quote, well, nothing lasts forever, unquote. The last one was, I wonder which, if any of them, can re- be replaced, because in fact, 
I did a, I was able to replace at least two of those lost items by locating the original jewelry designer online. Who knew? But the whole thing, losing the, the whole thing, it just left such a bad feeling in my gut. The funerals sucked to begin with. Taking that trip and another that followed later that fall with long COVID myself was nearly impossible. But really, I had to let my sentimental pieces of jewelry go. This was really challenging my work of going from theory to practice to mastery with some of the coaching concepts I'd been playing with. (laughs) Forget that. Can't I just be pissed off? And there it was, my old familiar pattern, and I knew it well. So often, I try and make the best of things. And this has been true even with the deaths of my own children. When our daughter died, I went to nursing school, after which I worked as a pediatric ICU nurse to give back to other families what nurses had done for hours. When our son died, I became a runner. First, I trained to run the Army 10-miler, then a half marathon, and eventually I completed three full marathons. The celebrations of each were short-lived. With every accomplishment, I noticed that I was still a mom without her deceased babies. And despite my attempt, despite my attempts to be superwoman, that fact did not change. Eventually, I had to stop focusing on what was lost and become enamored with the life that is here. And there's a lot here to fall in love with. But in the meantime, I had to tackle this acceptance thing. Similarly to the lost jewelry, (laughs) though not suggesting my children in jewelry have much in common, I knew I had to shift my perception of the situation. Instead of constantly noticing all the ways my heart was broken, I allowed myself to feel grateful for the gifts of their lives and that I got to know them at all. I appreciated and prayed for all the families who don't get to have children at all for whatever reason. I've looked at Zach a million times and just said, thank you. My acceptance didn't bring back my daughter or my son. It didn't take away the pain. It didn't comfort me me when I could smell their clothes and wished they were still in them. Acceptance didn't numb me the way some of my other coaching strategies seem to. But it just felt more like a relief to acknowledge that this was our situation and we had to keep putting one foot in front of the other. So I was already a little practiced at the acceptance thing. And when the jewelry was missing, it took me a little bit, but eventually I just allowed it to be true. The jewelry was gone. I prayed that the lovely and sentimental pieces were bringing good fortune and health to the person wearing them. I knew it would not bring them back, just like acceptance didn't bring my babies back, but I wanted the relief, and so let it go and forgot about it. Fast forward to another trip a few months later, also for a family funeral and requiring about a five-hour car drive. As I pulled out all the bags and got organized to pack, I was reminded that there might be a pool at the hotel, something Zachary loves. 
So I reached for his swim bag in addition to all of his other gear. And there it was. At the very bottom of this blue mesh nylon bag, carrying sunscreen, water shoes, and Zach's swimming vest, I felt with my hand the soft material of the small silk bag that contained my jewelry. The tips of my fingers first touched the small bag delicately. And then suddenly I just yanked it out of the swim bag and my heart about stopped. It had been there all along. It was in the safe place that I must have put it in when trying not to faint on my way from the hotel to the car. And I have enjoyed wearing these items and admiring them every single time I've seen them as if they were all brand new gems. Talk about a new perspective. Acceptance does not change the circumstances that surround us. I'm going to say that one again. Acceptance doesn't change the circumstances that surround us. Acceptance is just a choice that we make internally. Making this choice helps us move from expletive this (laughs) to what needs to happen here. It's an empowering alternative to being a victim. And it's one that is always available to us. No one can stop us from accepting what's happened. And no one can keep us from mentally positioning the experience in any way we see fit in order to give us the best chance at experiencing a now life of quality and richness. I'm not saying acceptance is easy. But I am saying it's one of the few things we can control when our loved one has died. Choosing to create a narrative we can live with, or at least trying to, in the face of profound loss, it's just a smart thing to do. Resisting reality is a losing game, no matter how many times we try to do it. If you're frustrated that you've tried everything in the world to recover from your grief, Give acceptance another look. You won't be the first person to hate it, (laughs) nor will you be alone if you surrender your resistance of what is and find reprieve. Acceptance gives us a shot. It's not a guarantee. It's just an opening door. Resistance leaves us stuck in the mud, wheels spinning, and going nowhere. Think my cousin Vinny. So thanks again for joining this episode of the Healing Path podcast. And what I'm going to add here is so short and sweet, um, intentionally hoping that it's impactful. And that is, I just want to go back to this one statement. I often talk about, you know, what are the take takeaways from the podcast or here are the three, you know, big ideas or here's the thing that stands out. Well, in this case, the thing that stands out is that acceptance is not a choice that we make that impacts anything outside of us. It's merely, but also hugely, the way that we can manage our internal situation. By acceptance, nothing changes. Our hearts may still be broken. Our loved ones are gone. You know, we have all these questions. We have these unfamiliar emotions of 
you know, guilt and shame and anger and just despair and sadness, and they all get wound into one another, we still have those feelings. But changing our perspective, it just eases up on us a little bit. With the jewelry example, hopefully that's an easy one to follow. It's not that the jewelry necessarily came back. It did come back, which was awesome. But the reason we accept is because I would have been okay if it didn't. And that's the control that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the power to control the things that we can and letting the other things go. Easy, no. (laughs) Simple, well, yeah, it's kind of simple. So practice this. And so going from theory to practice, the best thing to do with a new concept like this, since we're talking about practicing acceptance, is to take something small and innocuous and just accept it, whether it's a song on the radio that you'd normally turn, or maybe someone presents you with a, you know, a meal that's not your first choice, not something you would have made or ordered, but you accept this is what's before me and I am going to do my best to nourish my body and enjoy it uh, to the extent that I can. And this won't be my last meal, hopefully. So there will be other chances to have a say in what I eat. Um, That's just one example. But yeah, letting somebody cut in front of you, you know, during traffic or go ahead of you at the grocery store. These are just little things that we practice looking at them differently. We let go of our narrative. I'm so busy. I'm in such a hurry. I have all these things to do. I can't possibly be kind right now. I can't possibly be patient. In fact, we always can be kind and we always can be patient. And if we can't, (laughs) we get to take those days and stay under their covers and not come out until we feel a little better. So thanks again for joining this episode. And again, we just want to change our perspective, folks. We just want to say, I get it. We don't want to, we don't want to spin our wheels like in the movie, My Cousin Vinny, for you movie buffs. We don't want to spin our damn wheels. We don't want to go around in circles. We have very little energy to begin with. We're in pain. We're in grief. We're trying to heal. And we need all that energy to invest in our best selves, not to deny reality. So I hope you find this helpful. I'd love to hear your comments. There is a post on acceptance um, at uh, lisamcfarland.com. So if you have any comments, please do share them. And until next time, let's do our best to stay present, to stay grateful, and to stay healing. And yes, to stay changing our perspective when we need to.